Good morning, One Chapel. It's so good to have you here with us this morning. Is there anything in this crazy world that we can be 100% sure of? Now, there's lots of voices out there. There's lots of opinions. There's polls and the statistics that can be really pretty confusing and even kind of funny about what people believe about things. Consider these recent polls. Did you know that 25% of Americans believe the sun revolves around the earth? And 71% of Americans named Alexander Hamilton as a U.S. president. But 55% of Americans believe that they are smarter than the average American. Well, we're not exactly winning in the facts category, are we? Well, let me give you a truth that is 100% undisputed fact. Are you ready? Here we go. 100% of people die. I know what you're saying. Thank you, Mr. Obvious. Well, with something so clear, so obvious, shouldn't we take death seriously? But I kind of feel like a lot of people really don't. You see, I think a lot of people look at death the way one of my all-time favorite fictional characters, yes, the captain of the USS Enterprise, James T. Kirk himself, believed about death. He said, I haven't faced death. I've cheated death. I've tricked my way out of death and patted myself on the back for my ingenuity. I know nothing. Well, it wasn't until at the end of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, spoiler alert, that his first mate, his science officer, and his very best friend Spock died, that the real pain of death actually hit him. You see, the cold, harsh pain of death doesn't become real until someone we love is gone. It's like what the psalmist says in chapter 18. The cords of death entangled me, The torrents of destruction overwhelm me. The cords of the grave coiled around me and the snares of death confronted me. Have you ever been confronted by the snares of death? Several years ago, I was driving all by myself from San Antonio, Texas, all the way to Kansas City, Missouri. And I was on a stretch of Interstate 35, somewhere in the middle of Oklahoma, and I noticed that there was a car pulled off to the side of the interstate, and a man was standing there. And I noticed beyond him, it looked like there was a car that had been wrecked. So I pulled over, and I quickly went up to the gentleman and asked him, Sir, are you okay? And he looked at me with a ghostly expression on his face, and he said, Oh, I wasn't in this wreck. I'm just waiting for the ambulance to arrive. And about that time, I looked off into the ditch and I saw what had just happened. You see, there was a car that had spun out of control, had hit the guardrail and flipped end over end and came to rest in the mud on the side of the road. And as I looked over there, I could tell that the contents of the car were scattered all over the ditch. And I quickly ran down to see if everybody was okay. And what I saw was a shocking and terrifying scene. You see, there was a young woman in her 20s that was lying face up in the mud, completely lifeless. And I ran up to her to check to see if if there was a pulse and there wasn't. It was a horrifying scene. Her life ended just like that. And perhaps the saddest thing about that moment is I looked around 
I could tell from the contents that were, that were in the car that this woman was a young mother. And I knew that in a few minutes, someone back home would be getting the worst call of their life. You see, the greatest pain of death is that relationships suddenly end. But do they? Well, if we believe what the Bible says, this life is actually not the end, but it's a beginning. See, we live on a two-dimensional muted version of what life actually will be like in heaven. Relationships actually do not end, but they become, they can become what they are truly intended to be. Dr. Mary Neal, who's a spinal surgeon from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, was declared dead after 30 minutes being underneath a waterfall in a kayak accident. And she had this amazing near-death experience where she had interactions with other people in heaven. Watch this. You're greeted by this welcoming committee. What was it? That's what some people talk about. I absolutely knew that they were there to welcome me and greet me and make me feel loved and comfortable. And I also knew that they were there to protect me. And protect you from what? I don't know. But you knew that? I absolutely knew that that was part of it, even though I don't know from what they were protecting me. They had physical form. and Like humans? They like had arms, head, arms, legs. They were wearing uh, robes of sort, but they were absolutely exploding with a pure, pure love. And it was as though... Uh, They were sort of like the northern lights in that they were of a physical form, but the edges were a little indistinct. They were radiating a brilliance that uh, is certainly indescribable. It's sort of translucent, pearlescent, uh, shimmery, a brilliance of light, just exploding in it. And the light was not just something you would see. If you look at the sun, you see light and it's blinding. This was really a a light born out of love. I don't know quite how else to explain it. So from from your experience of these people, these spiritual beings, what what are, what's your sense of what relationship is like? Well, that's really clear because there is no doubt that the only thing that truly matters is loving God and being a window through which God's light can shine to this world and loving each other. So, I mean, from your experience, you think you will recognize your husband and your kids and... Oh, you mean after... Yeah. Afterward. When when we're all there. Yes. I absolutely think that people who are important in our life, and I'm not really sure what the right word is, but our life circle, and it may be relatives or it may be people that come into our lives for a very brief period of time and have a profound impact. Those may also be part of our our life's neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to describe it, but yes, I do think that 
we are all still there in heaven. I think that we do recognize each other. I was able to see many, again, people, angels, spirits, I'm not sure, very busy. And I don't know what they were doing. Inside the Inside, they were all very busy. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing, but they were doing something and clearly doing God's work. And so was it like a city bustling with light? Yes. Life or? It was, bustling is a great word for it. I didn't particularly look around because I was focused on what was happening to Were me you immediately. Through, and, through the I, I looked through and could see all this bustling, people bustling about. And when I arrived, there was this momentary acknowledgement and not cheering, but almost like fantastic welcome. And this, this outpouring of love for me. And again, it was this profound sense of wow, I, not only do I not deserve this, but it was this profound sense of uh, understanding that that is how each person is created. Mm. I mean, there are billions of us, but that is how much each God loves each special. person. Yes. I think it's really important to point out that no experience is on the same level as scripture. We get our truth, our understanding about God and heaven from the Bible only, but it is very interesting that so many people that have had near-death experiences, what they describe actually lines up so much with what the Bible actually says. Do relationships continue in heaven? Well, the first thing I want to, to tell you is this, is that heaven is a place of great reunion. Jesus told his disciples, and he tells us in John 14, says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And in the book of Revelations, John, who was given a vision, a glimpse into what heaven will be like. He describes that there was a vast crowd, lots of people who were gathered at the wedding feast of the Lamb. You see, heaven is going to be a great party. Kind of reminds me a few years ago when I went to a family re reunion for my wife's side of the family. You see, my wife, both her mom and her dad have 14 brothers and sisters, and their family reunions are like nothing you've ever seen. My first hint was when they told us we had to wear the color of shirt to go alongside of our branch of the family and that there were going to be intramural games at the family reunion and a photographer to take a panoramic picture of the family. Let me tell you something. It was a party like I have never experienced in my life. It was amazing. And oh, the food. Oh, the banquet. It was pretty amazing. I think that's only a picture, just a glimpse of what heaven will be like. Imagine relationships united by the love of God with perfect communication and nothing hidden. Imagine being reunited not only with current family and loved ones, but also with ancestors you've never even known before. Revelation 21.3 says this, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eye. 
And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Imagine it, together with God and with loved ones who are his people, those who have accepted his free invitation based on Christ's sacrifice on the cross. No more sin, no more pain, no more tears, and no need for a son because the light comes from Christ himself and no separation anxiety from those that are there. Another question that people ask about heaven is, what about marriage in heaven? And certainly for many of us, it's such a joy to know that our believing loved ones will certainly be there with us. But maybe there are some of you that are thinking, man, I don't know about that. Maybe you're recalling the songs of the, or the lyrics of the George Strait song, All My Exes Live in Texas. That's why I hang my hat in Tennessee. If all my exes are in heaven, I don't know how that's going to work out. Well, Jesus actually addressed this issue very specifically. See, he was asked for someone that had been married multiple times, who would they be married to in heaven? And the answer is very interesting. This is from Matthew 22. He says, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. You see, the power of God can unite people in ways that overcome our relational squabbles. Jesus didn't say that we will not be with our spouse or loved ones. He said that we, there won't be new marriages in heaven because there'll be no need for procreation or new families. It doesn't mean that family relationships from earth will be less special. In fact, they'll be actually closer and deeper than ever before. And the reason relationships will be so different, so much deeper, is that nothing will be hidden. You see, self-centeredness will be replaced with God-centeredness. And communication, which is the main problem in all relationships, will be absolutely perfect. Another question that people ask about heaven is, who am I in heaven? Or maybe, what am I in heaven? We have this understanding here that we are spirit, soul, and body, but in heaven, will people recognize me? Will I be young me, or will I be old me? Maybe you're thinking this, will I have a body that's like Thor from Civil War? <laughs> or will I have a body more like the way it is now from Thor Endgame? Well, that's pretty funny, but I think we can actually get a clue about this from the words of the resurrected Jesus himself in Luke chapter 24, as he appeared to his disciples after he had been crucified and been rose from the dead, he said, why are you so frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate as they watched. You see, they could touch him. They, he could eat. He 
could walk down a road that was real. Now, I know that this was resurrected Jesus before glorified Jesus, so that may be a little bit different, but I think we can infer that we will be ourselves in heaven. We'll be able to be recognized and recognized by others. We'll be able to embrace, dance, and play like little children. We'll be free from the troubles that plague our bodies here. 1 Corinthians 15, 40, we learn this, that there are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. What will I look like? What will my body be like? Can I just be really honest? I think when we're in heaven, in the presence of Jesus, I don't think we're even going to care. You see, life is going to be so amazing in heaven. In Jesus, nothing is lost. There's nothing to fear. Death is not an end, but it's a new and glorious beginning, a beginning as it was always intended to be. Don Piper, on January 18th, 1989, was in a traffic accident and declared dead. And he had a remarkable near-death experience that he wrote about in a well-known book called 90 Minutes in Heaven that was also made into a movie. I want you to watch a little bit of an interview of him that was taken at a church right here in Austin, Gateway Church. Have a look at what he had to say about his experience in heaven. Over in East Texas, I was on my way home from a Bible study or a pastor's conference to do a Bible study in Alvin, south of Houston. So I was about 130 miles away. It was a cold, rainy January day, and I got in the car. I'm headed home. I'm headed to my church. And uh, I was on a bridge I'd never been on before. And uh, before I got off the bridge, an 18-wheeler crossed the center stripe and hit me head on. Probably 110 miles an hour of impact. Uh, I was killed instantly. Uh, blunt force trauma, uh, brain damage, impaled on the steering wheel. Uh, the dashboard collapsed on my legs, my right leg broken. At the knee and the left leg was severed just above the knee. Four and a half inches of femur was ejected from the car and never found. I put my hand up when the truck was coming for me. At the moment, the truck ran over me and it took my left arm into the back seat of the car and from here forward was lying on the back seat of the car. So, horrific accident. Um, there was nothing that could have been done to save me. Uh, they tried, met the paramedics. There were two other vehicles struck after my car. Vehicles of trucks, three cars. That everyone else was fine. So four paramedics worked on me. They did everything they could to try to revive me. And in spite of the best efforts, they were unsuccessful. So the body was covered up with a tarp. Somebody, they declared you dead. They, they declared me dead, all four of them, and they're waiting for a medical examiner to come and do the paperwork so the body can be transported for an autopsy, do an investigation about what happened to me. But the moment the truck struck me, uh, I was absent from the body. That was just an earth suit, like the one you're sitting in right now. Um, I was in heaven. Uh, I was at one of the gates of heaven, surrounded by people I had known and loved in this life who had preceded me in death. And we were having a spectacular time. I wasn't even remotely interested about what's happening back down on the bridge. There were a lot of things happening on the bridge, but I was having the greatest reunion you could possibly imagine. So, I mean, these are real people, people you knew. Who'd you see? What'd they look like? Yeah, I started with my grandfather. Uh, he was standing there at the gate uh, facing me, and uh, he looked great. I mean, last time I saw him, he did not look great. Uh, he had a heart attack and died. I was with him when he had the heart attack. 
And um, it was just heartbreaking to, to, to be with him and watch him die, pass away, very close to him. I tell people all the time, I've, I've broken virtually every bone in my body, and, um, and, it, and it hurt, but nothing hurts like a broken heart. Mm. And when he died, it broke my heart. A lot, a lot of you have a broken heart. I've met a lot today who are struggling with that. met a lady just now, husband died three days ago. Oh. So a lot of you have broken heart. Well, I understand what that it feels, but now I'm at, at the gate, and here's my grandfather standing in front of me, and he looks really, really good. If you want to look, look really, really good, heaven is where you want to be. I mean, <laughs> you look nice now, but I, he, he was even missing, because of his life of very hard labor, he, he was missing three fingers on one hand and two on the other, and he reached out to me and spoke verbally, and he said, welcome home, Donnie. Those were his words to me. This, that's what he used to call me here on earth, Donnie. And I looked out at the hands that used to hold me when I was a little boy, and all of his fingers were there. I'd never seen them before. He was really kind of ageless. He was perfect, fully recognizable as, as himself, but in a beautiful and perfect kind of way. I, he obviously knew I was coming. Everybody did. Uh, you don't sneak up on heaven. Everybody up there knows it's coming. <laughs> Uh, well, of course they do, because the Bible says when we give our heart to Jesus, when we trust Christ as Savior, our name is automatically inscribed on a registration book up there called the Book of Life, the actual Lamb's Book of Life. So you, you want your name in this book, and we're, we're taking reservations this morning, this afternoon. <laughs> um, I'm serious. I mean, I, if you can get killed on, on the way to church to teach a Bible study, you can get killed at any moment. This is urgent. I was just 38. So here's Papa. My great-grandmother was beside him. She was a victim of osteoporosis. She was all slumped over in this life. I know it must have been painful. I never heard her complain about it. She wasn't missing fingers like Papa. She was missing teeth. She didn't have any teeth. Well, she had some, but they were what she called store-bought teeth. They were, <laughs> they were dentures. She did not like them. She did not wear them often, except to church on Sunday mornings. Um, my great-grandmother, Hattie, smiled at me. She was a good six inches taller at the gates of heaven because she was standing upright. And, of course, the most glorious thing happened when she saw me. She smiled at me, and it was the first time I ever saw her real smile. So everybody there was perfect. There's only one person in heaven with scars, and that's Jesus Christ, to remind us of how we got there. But none of those other people. You. I mean, you should have seen me back on earth. I mean, I look like I fell in a farm implement from the neck down. I've had 34 major surgeries to put me back together. I was told I would never walk again if they were able to reattach the leg. I was told that this arm would just hang by my side if they were able to put it back on. But this is the arm, and this is my leg. So I believe God is still in the miracle business. But in heaven, I had no scars on me. That was perfect. You won't either inside or out. Well, what was that like? What, what did you feel like in your body? What did it feel like? You said your grandfather ended up hugging you. What, did. what does that feel like? Uh, what was uh, unspeakable joy. Uh, there really aren't any words for it. One of the most frustrating things about talking about heaven is we don't have earthly words to do it justice. But it was a great reunion. Papa knew I was coming. He embraced me. What a warm embrace that was. I mean, the last, really, literally, the last time I saw him, he was in a coffin. And I was, we were all devastated. Now he's perfect and blissful and joyful and, 
and all these people, aunts, uncles, uh, some friends from high school who had died in tragic accidents themselves were over here to the side of me. My next door neighbor, Miss Norris, was over here. There were teachers there of a wide variety of people, such a variety that I was thinking to myself when I saw them, they didn't even know each other back here on earth. What would have brought them together to meet me at the gate? And I know I had several years to lay in a hospital bed to think about it. They all helped me get there. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says this, but let me tell you something wonderful, a mystery I'll probably never fully understand. We're not all going to die, but we are all going to be changed. And as you skip a little bit later down in the message, in the message version, it says, death swallowed up by triumphant life. Who got the last word, O death? O death, who's afraid of you now? It was sin that made death so frightening and law code guilt that gave sin its leverage, its destructive power. But now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, and death are gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. Yes, it's true. 100% of people die. But it's also just as true that 100% of those who have accepted Christ's free invitation to salvation will live in heaven for eternity. So all that remains is the invitation for each of us. <clears throat> Matthew 22, Jesus spoke to them in parables and saying this, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servant to those who had been given, had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Don't reject his invitation to heaven. You know, King David in the Bible lost a child one time. And he grieved over that child. But he said this. He said, I cannot bring that loved one back to me, but I can go where he's at. Do you remember the story that I told you of the car wreck that I came upon in Oklahoma? That made such an impact on me that when I got home, I, in the following days, began to search the internet to find out a little bit more about this person who had died. And I, I found the obituary online and her name was Jenny. And I came to find out that she was a young mother of a very young child and had a husband of only one year. And I got on the funeral home online and I put a little message to the family saying that I was a minister and that I had been there soon after the wreck and that I was praying for their family. The very next day, I got a call from an Oklahoma area code. And the woman that answered was in tears and she said that she was Jenny's best friend. And she described that the family was so comforted to know that there was a minister that was there very near the time of her death. And I, I learned the most amazing and hopeful fact about Jenny. You see, just, just a year earlier, Jenny and her husband had accepted Jesus's invitation for salvation. 
I will see that person again in heaven and her husband will as well. And for all those who believe and have said yes to the invitation to this great banquet that we will have in heaven, it's gonna be an amazing, amazing time. I just wanna encourage you right now, right where you sit as you watch this message, you can say yes to his invitation. It's very, very simple. You just say yes to him and you begin walking in a life that's right after him. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we wanna say yes to you and your invitation to heaven. Death is painful, it's stark, it's final, but that's the reason why you came is to put an end to death forever so that there can be a great reunion one day and so that relationships will continue in heaven. God, I just simply wanna say yes to your invitation and from this day forward, I wanna walk after you. I thank you, Jesus, and I love you. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Well, guys, it's been so good to spend a few moments with you this morning. Have a wonderful day, and may God richly bless you.